0: Thank you, Dean. Thanks, Mike, for that song. I think we could go home right now with what I'm going to say. That was great. It's wonderful how the Holy Spirit inspires and gives you the words and what a neat song that was. If you have your Bibles, let's turn together the first Kings chapter 18. We want to read this story. Do you know there's people that don't believe this story ever happened? In fact, some time ago I was reading some statistics and it's amazing how many church people doubt some things in the scripture. Well, I believe the scripture is true from cover to cover. And I had the privilege of standing there and i calling you to see that. I'm here. First Kings 18, let's begin reading at verse 16. went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah, that Elijah said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the Baals. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to be on Mount Carmel. The 450 prophets of Baal and the four other prophets of Asherah to eat at Jezebel's table. And so Ahab sent for all the children of Israel gathered the prophets together in Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long do you fall between two opinions if the Lord is God follow him? But if Baal follow him, but the people answered him not a word. And Elijah said to the people, I alone and left in profit of the Lord. The Baal's prophets are 450 men. Therefore, let them give us two bulls, and let them choose one for themselves, cut it in pieces, it on the wood, but put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other one, it on the wood, but put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers the fire, he is God. So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Now Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bowl for yourself and prepare it first. For you are many. Call on the name of your God. but put no fire under it." So they took the bowl which was given them. They prepared it, called on the name of Baal from morning till evening till noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. And they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he's a God. Either he's meditating, or he's busy, or he's on a journey, or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as it was their custom, with knives and lances, until the blood gushed out on them. And when midday was past, they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. So all the people came near to him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, and saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two sieves of seed. And when he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water. Pour it on the burnt uh, sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. He said, Do it a third time. And he did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench with water. It came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are the God of Israel, and I am your servant, that I have done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burn of sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Say that with me. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Lord, we thank you today for your word. How wonderful it would have been to be there that day. Lord, we know that you honored Elijah, his obedience, and you honored that simple prayer, and you helped those people that their eyes were open to realize the true God in Israel, and he's still the true God today in America. Lord, open our eyes to see that you alone or the God Jehovah. You're on the throne today. Jesus is at your right hand interceding for us. The blessed Holy Spirit is in the world today ministering to each one of us. Today we welcome your presence as we continue our worship service. Touch each one here today with a divine touch. I pray especially for those that may be having a pain in their leg or their hand or their body, Lord, touch them. Help them that this wouldn't hinder their worship today. And we do pray for healing, Lord, for our bodies. But more than that, Lord, we pray for healing of the soul. Each of us would know without a doubt that Jesus Christ is our Savior, and he's our soon-coming Lord and King. May, Lord, it won't be long until you will come back to the church. So, Lord, help us to be busy about the Master's business. That we can live lives before those around us and share your good word that many will see and come to Jesus as well. Bless now, we pray. May all that be said would be to your honor and your glory. In Jesus' worthy name we pray and everyone said, Amen. 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 I share just one verse, of scripture from Psalm 40, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. As you can easily see there where I take my message title. When something out of the ordinary happens, people notice. How many times you're driving down the road and you get into a traffic can like we did the other day going to Harrisburg? No, no, no. Something had to happen. Sure enough, there was a tractor-trailer truck down over the bank. There was trains trying to lift it back onto the highway. You know where the express lane goes this way and the other lane goes this way. Well, the express lane was stopped. And, of course, when you got in there, everybody slows down. I did the same thing. I wanted to see what was going on. You know what I'm talking about. How about if you see a smoke in the sky? You are the kind of person, hey, come, let's jump in the car and see what's burning. Some of us are like that. We want to know what's happening. Friends, when God moves on the scene, people see. They notice. They notice in your life what's happened. They notice what's happening at the church. That's exactly what we see here in this story. Prophet Elijah, Uh, so glad it's recorded for us. What a victory. Praise the Lord. I wish you could have been with me about two years ago. I went to the top of Mount Carmel. We were in a bus driving up a winding, narrow road up the mountain. It's a high mountain. But you see the beautiful oaks and the pines and uh, there's a picture of it. The olives, the laurel trees. And it overlooks a a vast expanse called the the Valley of Jezreel. Now up on top of the mountain, I'm sure uh, if it's can't see it quite, but there is an old monastery up there. It must be hidden in the trees. And you could walk up onto the rooftop and then look out. Oh my, it just takes the breath away. It's so beautiful. There on Mount Carmel is where this story took place. Prophet Elijah, all those false prophets, the people gathered. Now, by way of background, it was very dry. They were in a Famine. There was no rain for at least three and a half years. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1, we read that Elijah had told King Ahab that there would not be any dew or rain fall except he would give the command. Now you have to understand that much of northern Israel at that time was worshipping the false uh, God Baal, and they believed. The Canaanites believed that Baal was responsible for the dew and the rain. Does that make sense? That's why God said, stop, no rain. We'll find out who is really God here. So Elijah had put forth his challenge. He prayed and the rain stopped. It was very, very dry. Reminds me of some churches today. Some Christians that I meet, it seems like they're so dry in their life, and they're living in defeat. Perhaps their God has changed and allowed other things to become God. We see churches across our nation that promote material blessing, Uh, even preaching like that. They want big offerings, lots of money, lots of programs, but they lack the fire of the Holy Spirit among the midst.
1: Elijah's challenge was simple.
0: And God, that answers by fire, let him be gone. Let him be gone. He left them. go ahead. You go first. I'll give you lots of time that you can pray to your God. And so these 450 prophets cried out from morning to all toward the evening. They didn't get a response. And so they... Then, until friends, and began to cut themselves to prove to their God they were earnest, but there was no answer. Interesting, the prophet Elijah begins to talk and tease a little bit. Oh, maybe your God's way on a journey. Maybe He's sleeping. He can't hear you. Maybe He's too busy, and so forth. These prophets began to leap upon the altar. They didn't get any response to it. They heard nothing. Prophesied until the offering of the evening sacrifice. I think we would agree that Prophet Elijah gave him ample time. Then he said to the people, Come here. Come here. And they watched as he rebuilt the altar. had been broken down in ruins. An old altar they had used in the past needed to be repaired. He took 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel, repaired the altar. And in doing that, I'm sure he was reminding the people where they came from. It's good sometimes times to look back, isn't it? To realize where God brought us from. dug us out of that deep buried place, sat our feet on a solid rock this day. Praise the Lord. Rebuilding the altar in the name of the Lord would be a reminder that the Lord had not stepped down. He still was the God of Israel. Still had his position. Included the northern kingdom where the pagan veil worship was prevailing. Now, the altar always represents the place where we can meet God. I trust you having an altar somewhere in your home, a place that you can gather together where you can come by yourself and you can meet the Lord. I appreciate it. We can gather in the front and at times of prayer, it's a precious place. It's where his anointing falls upon us and we feel the spirit of victory. It's where your personal altar may need to be rebuilt. How long has it been that you've met with God and felt his presence come over you in an unusual way, spending that special time with him? But we read here that Elijah did a very strange thing after the altar was built. He dug a trench around the altar saw that happened before. Now the wood is arranged. The sacrifice is cut and placed across the wood on the top. And then he says, Now bring four large jars filled with water. Um, we went to where the wedding of Cana took place, and there's a, there's a stone jar that's that tall. I don't know if that's a, the kind of jar we're, they're talking about here. But it held quite a bit of water. And he says, pour over the altar four big jars. And he said, do it again. Now remember, it hadn't rained for how long? Three and a half years. Three and a half years. It was dry. He went outside and just pick up the dust. And then he said, do it again. Well, that water would have been like gold. They poured it on, they made put it on the altar. You know, that precise nice moment, there was no doubt that Elijah couldn't sneak a little fire in there and get the altar going. Through.
1: And everything
0: was so good wet. Did you ever go camping and it's raining and you're trying to build a fire? A lot of fun that is, isn't it? Now, I'm smart, I, I carry a little dry wood in my motorhome home, such a cage. You go out in the woods and try to get wood and do this, get a lot of smoke. It's pretty hard to get her going. That point, Elijah paused. I think he looked up in the He began to pray that short little prayer. It's in verses 36 and 37. Let it be known this day that you are still God in Israel. That I'm your servant. I did all this in obedience to you. Hear me, hear me. That these people here may know that you are God and has turned their hearts back again. He wanted these people to have no doubt who God was. And that God, that God, is so anxious for the repentance. He's the God of his chosen, obedient servant. I don't know how many of you enjoyed the Caneys Southern Gospel. I know Lois does back there. You know, when I was preparing this message, I thought of that song. God is still God! And I could just hear that lady get so excited. I saw her in concert one day. She'd be in her eighties, I guess. Well, I'll tell you what; she gets so excited for more, she kicks her shoes off sometimes. I gotta love her. But what happened next is nothing shot of miracle.
1: I don't know if it was like a lightning bolt
0: down out of heaven, but that fire fell so powerfully it consumed not only the wood, the sacrifice, the stones, and the water. There was nothing left there but dust. The prophet Baal had probably prayed and struggled and screamed and yelled for over 12 hours. Nothing but silence. And Elijah's condition, less than one minute, and produced spectacular results. The difference was this, that God they prayed to. God proved himself that he is the one and only true God. Amen? Amen. And we still serve that same God today. Praise the Lord. No amount of doubt or or
1: pessimism or negative thoughts
0: or satanic hindrance could keep Elijah from touching God that day. And we serve the same true God. Hallelujah. This is what the people cried as they fell to the ground and confessed. The Lord, He is God. They were saying, Yahweh is God. When the fire fell, it took care of all the hindrances, didn't it?
1: You know, there's times we need to just stand
0: back and let God move. I've been in services like that. When God comes on in an unusual way, I just want to be quiet and let God move. Those are the times the Holy Spirit ministers to our hearts, speaks into our lives. I ask you, when was the last time you felt God's presence? An unusual coming of the Lord in your life? You know, the church is not a dead institution, but a living body. It's alive and well. Praise the Lord. God bless you that our prayer warriors that are holding on and interceding. Keep it up. Keep it up, Jesus said, "I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." I believe there's a lesson here for us to see. When the Spirit of God descended, the fire hit at the top down. I pray that you remember the leadership here at the church, you and I, your pastors, the church board. Scienceful teachers, being in whatever position it may be. Pray that God would move and, and come down upon us. God is the only one that can bring revival. He's going to move us upon us as church. It has to be leadership, it has to be laity. Every heart, we need God's touch, do we not? Amen. Oh may He burn out any impurities, anything that would hinder. Maybe it's wrong ambitions, selfish desires, whatever it may be. I pray the fire above would purge it away. Anything that would hinder the ministry. So we need to stand before God and declare that we cannot do it in our own strength. I ask you to pray for us that we would have the mind of the Lord. And we can give, and you can give your talents. Whatever God has blessed you, skills into God's work. And then he'll give you weapons that are mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds of the devil. All great things can be accomplished as we humble ourselves before the Lord. I sometimes think how much I'd love to come to church and fellowship together, but, you know, we have to realize we can't stay at the back of the table all the time. Oh, it's good. We have to look out into the harvest field that's around us. I was, um have been on embarrassment to Sister Doe, and I, I really was interested in the dress she's wearing today. I was sitting in the Sunday school class, and I saw BIC in the back of her dress, and so I talked to her, and all over is all about the church. And, and she said, This is actually a uniform that you wear in Africa when you go out and minister. Ladies gather together and pray for the needs of the church, community, what have you? And then they move out. I they a good idea for us to think about. Have uniforms, we all look alike. Why do we both something to think about? If you're interested, talk to after church. But leaving the banquet table, leaving the comfort zone, going out where ministry happens. You know, we realize that we all have a devil that fights every plan. Everything he can. The church is under attack. Our families are in his crosshairs. You see how important it is for each of us daily to spend that time in prayer and communion with the Lord, and then remember your brother, your sister. Go to them and say, "I'm praying for you." Maybe give them a call. It means so much to know that people care. Think with me for a moment. The Israelites of that day did not fall into male worship overnight, did they? It's those little places that we give in and we forget and don't do. They had false prophets. They had a wicked king that is gradually leading them downward away from the one true God.
1: Now, Elijah says he thought he was the only
0: prophet left, we know different. The diet that we began reading about at the very beginning was feeding. What was it, 300 or so? But I'm thankful no matter how wicked or evil it may be all around us, God has His remnant. We're part of that today, His true church. God bless you, prayer warriors. Keep praying for Mount Pleasant. Keep praying for one another. Keep praying for revival. How we need it. How we need it. It must be renewed in our spirit before we can go forward and outward. And we can't do it alone. We need the Holy Spirit's blessing and his leading. And so I say again, pray for Peter and I as we strive to have the mind of the Lord in leading this fellowship of believers. We want to have his divine direction because Jesus is Lord of the Church. Pastors are under attack, it's open season. My heart grieves every time they hear a pastor who's fallen into sin. Oh, the pain it brings upon a body of believers and hinders God's work in the community. So keep leadership made in your prayers. Pray that God the Holy Spirit will guide us as we seek to raise up and train new leadership. You know, some of us old. Geezers aren't going to be around forever. And these young people to come after. And so help us as a board as we seek the trained leadership. The heart of the church here is to move ahead. I want to see Mount Pleasant thrive and grow and move into the community. So, what part can you play? What can you do? That's what we need to be asking of the Lord. Don't just sit back and say, well, someone's up to. God. They'll do a better job than me anyhow. How do you know? God working in your life, you can do great things. Or you might say, oh, I'm just too old to be of use in the church. Brother Jesse is the oldest gentleman here. 95 years old. But I know he prays for the church. He prays for me. Well, when Jesse, you often tells me that. We're praying for you, Pastor.
1: How important that is. How
0: important that is. Because prayer... Is what moves in the hand of God to see the church move ahead. And so we all have a part to play in God's work. Well, when the Pharaoh of God calls upon his people, things happen. God puts a new song in your heart, a hymn of praise. Thank you, Mike, that you allowed God to do that to you last night. What a song that was. The Lord or the church will begin to recognize it by calling. A calling that will come upon you from God to carry out his message and his anointing. Ministry breaks forth and many are touched for God. It could be that lost next door neighbor. It could be that one you work with every day. It could be those in your own bed. I heard Sharon down in class this morning that I'm sure all of us miss opportunities. And we say, oh, I should have said something to the Lord. Well, let's say, Lord, opens an opportunity for me tomorrow when I start my new day. Bring someone into my path and then fill my mouth with news." Be praying ahead of time and then you're going to be ready. Remember the verse I read in the opening? He will put a new song in my mouth. I hymn a praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Many will see when these things happen. The community around will recognize that yes, Jesus is the Lord of the church. Amen? Amen? Praise his name. John Wesley prayed a prayer something like this Come, Holy Spirit, for you I call. Spirit of burning, come. Set us aflame for you. I'm asking the worship team to come now as we all stand and sing that closing hymn, breathe on the breath of God. Notice carefully the words as we sing that song.